Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From The Recount, I'm Rena Ninen, and you're listening to The Recount Daily Pod. Today is Tuesday, October 11th. It's really hard to imagine that we as a country have refused to hold really anyone accountable for creating what is a grotesque abuse of human rights. That was Karen Greenberg, director of the Center on National Security at Fordham Law, speaking about the prison at Guantanamo Bay. Karen's also out with a new book, Subtle Tools, The Dismantling of American Democracy, from the War on Terror to Donald Trump. We'll dig into that a little later on. But first, your morning headlines. We began at the gas pump, where prices reached a seven-year high on Monday. According to the American Automotive Association, or AAA, the national average has doubled since April 2020, when airports and roads were deserted due to the pandemic. It's now a whopping $3.27 a gallon. Analysts say that supply simply hasn't kept up with surging demand, all of which worsened what's now a global energy crisis. Last week, OPEC made the decision not to raise production, despite requests from the U.S. to do so. That will likely keep gas prices inflated into the winter months, when heating oil will also be in high demand. A colder-than-normal winter could push oil prices up as well. Next to COVID. Texas Governor Greg Abbott issued an executive order late Monday night barring all vaccine mandates in the state, including by private employers. The order states that no entity in Texas can compel proof of vaccination for any individual, including employees or customers. He also called on state lawmakers to take up the issue in an ongoing special session. The executive order is in direct conflict with President Joe Biden's September announcement requiring all employers with 100 or more employees to mandate vaccinations. Facebook and Google, both of which employ large numbers of people in the state, already have informed employees they would need proof of vaccination to return to their offices. Neither company has responded publicly yet to Abbott's orders. 
On the therapy front, Merck and company, along with partner Ridgeback Biotherapeutics LP, have filed an application with the Food and Drug Administration asking health officials to authorize their COVID-19 pill. The filing comes shortly after data showed that the pill will cut the risk of hospitalization or death by 50% in high-risk people. Unlike COVID-19 vaccines that target the spike protein, the pill works by targeting a part of the virus that helps it reproduce. The FDA could clear the pill in the coming weeks, potentially in time to offset a surge in winter cases. The pill, if authorized, would be the first oral antiviral to treat COVID-19. A course of treatment is 40 pills, eight daily, for five days. It has to be started within five days of showing symptoms. We end with an alleged case of espionage. Jonathan Toby, a Navy nuclear engineer, and his wife have been arrested on charges of selling secret information about the design of nuclear power warships to someone they thought was a foreign power. In actuality, it was an undercover FBI agent. The engineer was given a good faith deposit of $10,000 in cryptocurrency. That's according to the Department of Justice. He and his wife allegedly went to West Virginia, where they placed a memory card with the classified information into a half-eaten peanut butter and jelly before being caught. Toby and his wife are set to appear in federal court this morning. And now to our Daily Deep Dive. The infamous prison camp at the U.S. Navy base in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, was opened in early 2002 to house alleged terrorists the U.S. apprehended in Afghanistan. In the 20 years since, almost 800 men have passed through its walls. Most were never formally charged. The camp became notorious as a symbol of U.S. human rights abuses. President Joe Biden has pledged to finally close it. But will he succeed? Karen Greenberg is the director of the Center on National Security at Fordham Law and author of the new book, Subtle Tools, The Dismantling of American Democracy from the War on Terror to Donald Trump. She joins us now to break it all down. Karen, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. So for somebody who may never have heard about Guantanamo Bay, I'm sure most of our listeners have, but how would you explain Guantanamo Bay? Oh, goodness. To explain it, just to be clear, is not to justify it. After the attacks of 9-11, the United States knew so little about Afghanistan, about al-Qaeda and its presence in Afghanistan, because there was no real intelligence capacity on the ground. And so the United States rounded up people just sort of willy-nilly. Some of them were sold for bounty to the United States. They didn't exactly know who they had. And instead of keeping them outside the battlefield or near the battlefield, which is the traditional way you hold prisoners in a war, they brought them all the way to Cuba, to a naval base that the United States had at Cuba. And the idea was that they would be able to ask them questions like, where is the head of al-Qaeda? Now, where is bin Laden? Where is the next attack going to come from? The truth is, these were not people who knew the answer to that question. But that was the original idea. It was set up, however, with the idea that there would be military commissions. Oh, yeah, we'll bring them here and we'll try them. But the people that they brought there in the beginning were not people they were going to try. They were foot soldiers at best, and some of them just people in the wrong place at the wrong time. We mentioned the intro, 800 men were brought in over the years. Is there a sense of how many of those 800 were innocent, were essentially not linked to crimes? Let me put it this way. President George Bush, whose administration opened Guantanamo Bay, oversaw the release of over 500 of them on the grounds that they did not pose a danger to the United States. President Obama, at the end of his presidency, released another nearly 200. So of those 
almost 800 that you mentioned, we now have 39 left at Guantanamo Bay. Of those 39, interestingly enough, 12 are in the military commissions that I mentioned before. And that's actually one of the more interesting parts about Guantanamo Bay. In 2006, President Bush announced that he was going to be moving a new batch of individuals, 14 what he called high-value detainees, to Guantanamo Bay. People in custody who had been tortured at CIA black sites for information during interrogations. And they were the people who were going to, the idea was, stand trial for the attacks of 9-11 and for other attacks against Americans and around the world. So the prison at Guantanamo Bay is as old as the war on terror, 20 years. Can you remind us of the human rights abuses, the torture? What were some of the worst practices that were committed there? So we do know a lot about what was done both at the CIA black sites and at Guantanamo Bay, in part because some of the individuals who've gotten out have written books, and in part from very good reporting from journalists in many places. When you actually read the documents that were written by the lawyers saying, you know, we can waterboard individuals, we can slap them around, we can hang them in stress positions that will distort their bodies, perhaps for life. We can have psychological abuse where they won't be able to sleep because of loud noise and many other grotesque things. When you read about that, it's really hard to imagine that we as a country have refused to hold really anyone accountable for creating what is a grotesque abuse of human rights. Dianne Feinstein, Senator Dianne Feinstein, led a many-year investigation into what happened at the CIA black sites in terms of interrogation. The conclusion of her report, which we've only seen 600 pages of, but it is 6,000 pages long, is that Torture and mistreatment of individuals in CIA interrogations did not produce reliable information. Three of the last four presidents, including Biden, have all said, we're going to close this facility. Why is it still open? So since 2011, during President Obama, we haven't been able to transfer anybody from Guantanamo Bay to the United States. Not for any reason, not for medical reasons, not for trial, not for incarceration. Congress passed this for 2011, the Defense Authorization Act, in which that is included. They can't come here. And so every person who is relocated from Guantanamo Bay has to go through a series of negotiations that the State Department and others have to make with host countries that have to do with security for the United States in terms of how that person's going to behave once they're there, whether they'll be watched, how they'll be watched, and security for the individual themselves so that their human rights are not abused. And it is a massively complex series of negotiations for each one of the individuals. That's one reason. Another reason is that the United States has decided to try a number of these individuals. There are four cases going forward, finally, in the military commissions. The trial of the alleged co-conspirators of 9-11 is still a year or more away. This is already 20 years after the attack, 15 years after these individuals have been in custody. So the military commissions are also yet another stage of holding it up. But the bottom line is, when you break the laws and the rules of morality, decency, the Constitution, (laughs) and other things, international and domestic law, as profoundly as the United States broke laws, it's hard to put things back together. We've got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Karen Greenberg, author of the new book, Subtle Tools, The Dismantling of American Democracy, From the War on Terror to Donald Trump. You're listening to The Recount Daily Pod. 
We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome back to The Recount Daily Pod, a podcast from The Recount and iHeartRadio. I'm joined by Karen Greenberg. We're talking about Biden's ambition to finally close Guantanamo Bay. What were the laws that were broken at Guantanamo Bay by the U.S.? Oh, my God. So, I mean, these are legal principles that the United States has had since its very beginning. It's not just the laws. It's the constitutional protections that I think we should talk about. Due process rights. The idea that you would hold people in custody without the right to a lawyer, which was the initial Guantanamo Bay when they first opened it, right? The Eighth Amendment, right to protections against abuse and cruelty. And there are many other protections that are violated. The Uniform Code of Military Justice does not condone torture. The United States supported and signed on to the Convention Against Torture with the international law that forbids torture. One of the big things my new book is about is the use of language to get around the law. Do not call these individuals prisoners. Why? Because if we call them prisoners, and if they are prisoners of war, then the international laws of war pertain, the Geneva Conventions, of how you have to treat somebody in custody, of how you're allowed to interrogate them or not interrogate them. So this fundamental willingness to break the law, the willing abrogation of laws and norms, was involved with the war on terror from the very start. And Guantanamo was just the most iconic, longest lasting, and even though far away, visible sign of this. In the United States, you read your Miranda rights. You have the right to remain silent, a basic thing that all of us are pretty much taught in school. What exactly are the rights of somebody who's taken prisoner internationally? They're allowed to be held to the end of hostilities, one of the problems of having a forever war or forever wars that are justified is the authorization for the war is still there on the table. There was no mention of the end of hostilities. And it is used for drone strikes and for attacks in the name of terrorism in a lot of places. But Guantanamo is still open. So when you talk about rights under 
the laws of war, this would be one of the things. The second thing is they have the right not to be um, interrogated beyond what, what we say in the United States, name, rank, and serial number. But the basis is you cannot torture them, abuse them for interrogation reasons. And then also just conditions of detention, right? The original detainees at Guantanamo were kept in cages. Eventually, they put some kind of roof over them to protect them from the sun, mostly, and rain. Did not have toilet facilities. And these are just basic human things when we're talking about these kinds of conditions, not how they were treated, being subject to beatings, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. We're going to pause, take a quick break. We'll be right back with Karen Greenberg, author of the book, Subtle Tools, The Dismantling of American Democracy, From the War on Terror to Donald Trump. You're listening to The Recount Daily Pod. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome back to The Recount Daily Pod, a podcast from The Recount and iHeartRadio. Karen Greenberg joins us. She's author of Subtle Tools, The Dismantling of American Democracy from the War on Terror to Donald Trump. Does location matter? Why Guantanamo Bay, Cuba? Well, yeah, it does matter if what you're trying to do is make it so that no other country where you might have a military base would say, no, you can't do this on our soil. For example, Germany, which would have been based closest and most convenient in terms of in and out flights to Afghanistan. They knew they couldn't set this up at Germany. It came up in discussions and there was just no, the Germans are not going to allow us to have a detention facility there. Or if we did, it would have to be inside the law. That's sort of the undercurrent of that. What's been the fate of some of these prisoners that have been released? Were they able to go back home? Were they able to be successfully reintegrated into society? What happens to them? Many of them were able to go home. But there are countries the United States does not, and particularly in latter years, did not want to return individuals to, Yemen being one of the obvious ones because of its fragility, its chaos, its violence, with the sense that maybe they would return to the cause of jihad, right? Others have been located around the world in a number of countries, Morocco, Mauritania, but some have had horrendous experiences 
in terms of being outcast, just don't belong in the countries they are in and aren't treated well. And so it's the whole range. But the bottom line, if you want to just say how it's been, is that it's been tough afterwards, as one of the detainees has said afterwards, I feel like I'm in Guantanamo 2.0. You know, the restrictions, the inability to really unite with family have made it very difficult for a number of the detainees and the continued suspicion that seems to follow them. Do you think President Biden will be successful in closing Guantanamo Bay down during his administration? Yes. Why are you so confident? I may be the only person that I know that thinks that. (laughs) Partly because I really want it to happen. This has to be over. There has to be a turning point. Partly because his administration has given indications that they're serious about moving beyond what I would call the post-9-11 era. That chapter of terrorism and counterterrorism is over, whether people like to acknowledge it or not because of the powers they want to continue it. He took the symbolic step of clearing five detainees for release soon after he became president. Hopefully, the boards that meet to clear these individuals will continue with some kind of maybe speed (laughs) to keep clearing people for release. He hasn't made any formal appointments about people in charge to monitor the releases and to make the arrangements happen. That's a step I think is very important. But I think President Biden understands what the stakes are. I think he wants to do it. I think he has the will and the strength to do it, just like he did with Afghanistan. One thing about this presidency is that, particularly at the State Department, they talk about quiet diplomacy. Let's remember that President Obama came out and on day one of his presidency said, I'm going to close Guantanamo within a year and sent a, you know, a sigh of relief and hope throughout the community of those who advocate for the prisoners and for the rule of law. But it was a mistake. President Obama got ahead of his skis. The political backlash was way more than he and others anticipated. And by the time they were ready to do things, they could only get almost 200 out, which is amazing. But it failed, right? He failed to close Guantanamo. Biden's not making any big proclamations. His administration has said, by the end of his term, we'd like to close Guantanamo. But I'm not sure we're going to see any massive declarations. And I think that is partly lessons learned. Maybe this will be a quieter approach. I just hope that it's quick because presidencies can be short (laughs) and um, backlash can be intense. But I do think that Biden can close Guantanamo Bay. Before you go, you say lessons learned. For people who look back on this period of history, what are the lessons that must not be repeated in dealing with human rights abuses and America? If you're going to have the laws, use them. If you're going to have norms, rely on them. The idea that you would just have the rule of law when it's convenient, that you would bypass your courts, which we haven't used for the Guantanamo prisoners except for one, that you would mistreat people in ways that are fundamental to you and in which you are supposed to be a leader of the world and therefore by eroding them, you erode not just your own system, but you harm human rights around the world. This country is going to not have to just recover from the obvious excesses of the war on terror, but from the more subtle damage that was done to our laws, our norms, and our sense of self. That's why I wrote this new book, by the way. That's what it's about, the erosion at the more subtle level. And so the lesson learned is that it's going to be a long way back and we need to start now. 
Karen Greenberg. The book is called Subtle Tools, The Dismantling of American Democracy from the War on Terror to Donald Trump. Karen, I learned so much. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Rena. And now to the look ahead. Here's what else we're watching today. First Lady Dr. Jill Biden heads out west to continue a series of conversations and listening sessions with the Hispanic community during National Hispanic Heritage Month. First, she'll host a talk at El Centro Academy in Kansas City, Kansas. Then she'll visit the National Museum of Mexican Art in Chicago. Opening arguments will be held at the U.S. Supreme Court in the case of Cameron versus EMW Women's Surgical Center. The case stems from EMW's challenge to a Kentucky law that would ban the most common abortion technique after the 15th week of pregnancy, effectively denying women abortion access. The issue in this narrowly defined case is whether Kentucky's Attorney General Cameron can take over defense of the abortion law after two lower courts already ruled the ban unconstitutional. While not directly tied to the abortion law, a ruling for Cameron could open the door to efforts that put the ban back into place. The Pittsburgh Penguins face off against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first game of the National Hockey League's official season. Tampa Bay is expected to continue its winning streak after coming off their back-to-back wins of the Stanley Cup. This will mark the first full season since the pandemic started with all but five NHL players being fully vaccinated. Something new this year is that all NHL teams will wear Addy Zone prime green jerseys. They're made with a material that contains a minimum of 50% recycled content. Hope you have a great day. This is a Recount Daily Pod, a podcast from the Recount and iHeartRadio. Our thanks to Karen Greenberg, Director of the Center on National Security and Fordham Law for being on our show. And if you like this episode, I hope you'll subscribe to the Recount Daily Pod and do leave us a rating on the Apple Podcast app. I'm your host, Rena Ninen. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.